Hallelujah. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Father, I thank you for your holy word. We thank you, God, for life that spills off these pages. We thank you that it's all God-breathed and is profitable. In the beginning was the word. You watch over your word to perform it. Jesus is the word made flesh. Apart from you, we could do nothing. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And so now, Father, for the remaining moments in our night, we ask that you'd bring revelation to us by your Holy Spirit. I pray, God, you'd help me to be effective in communicating some vital truth from heaven. Oracles from God that I could do my job to bring spiritual manna, spiritual nutrition, food and fuel. God, we need a spiritual download into our hearts, God. The, the meat and the milk of your word, the spiritual protein that makes muscle, makes us grow, makes us strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I banish every hindering thing. I take authority over every evil force in the name of Jesus that would try to steal the word and make it unfruitful. And I pray that you'd cause fruit to be born from our time together in the name of Jesus. Amen. A guy named Gerard Frost said, we should give thanks for someone to thank. And I heard somebody say one time, who does an atheist have to express gratitude toward? You had a beautiful sunny day like we had today, you know. What does a person that ignores the reality of God have to say about it? Just kind of put your hands in your pockets and kind of hum a little bit? I mean, thank God we have somebody to thank. Uh, the definition in Webster's Dictionary for thanks is, number one, to express gratitude Number one, to express gratitude. The Bible says in the end times, people will be ungrateful. How many of you notice we're in the end times? Well, we've got to do something about it because the Bible says a lot for us as believers concerning giving thanks. And this is a key verse I want to start with. And we're going to go through a number of scriptures. We're going to land on one amazing story that Jesus gave and where we put thanks in the Father's heart. I want God to be Grateful and happy and minister. I want to minister to the Lord. Amen. I want God to be happy. I want God to enjoy us. Amen. And he does. He loves us. But there are certain behaviors that he really likes. And I know one of them is to have a grateful heart. Here's what it says. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Look at verse 18. In everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Then it says, do not quench the spirit. If you want to know God's will, how many of you want to know God's will for your life? You're on a quest to know God's will. Look right here. If you want to know a fast track into a God's will lifestyle, be a grateful believer. Rejoice always. Give thanks. In fact, it says, in everything, give thanks. You know, when the flood of 93 hit our church, theologically, I knew not to thank God for the flood because I knew the flood happened because of snow melt, because levees broke, because uh, it just was one of those kinds of situations. But I knew that in it, I could give thanks because God was going to work it out. I don't think everything comes from God, but everything is used by God. And he causes it to work together for good. And so we're to give thanks in these situations. What could I thank God in the situation? Thank you, God, you got this thing figured out. It's going to work together for good. Little knowing that it would be a prototype moment for us. It would teach us as a church 
how to address crisis, natural disasters, and we've learned something in, in every situation. I mean, you could count it all joy when you encounter trials because you know God is going to work something together for good in every situation that we face. So when we experience loss, it increases our sensitivity, our sympathy, and our awareness of empathy toward people that are going through loss. I had a doctor who got hit with sickness, and he said, you know what? Man, sickness is from the devil, but I'll tell you what I learned from it. I learned what my patients are dealing with, and it made me a better doctor. Believers that go through stuff, that encounter trials, that face it, and that press on through it, that learn to count it all joy, that learn to in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, are a much better situation than the murmuring, whining, complaining believer. How many of you have ever been around a whiner? How many of you have been a whiner? You know, you, you get into self-pity and then you throw a pity party and you invite people and it's funny how nobody wants to come. It's a one-person party. Go to Ephesians chapter 5 because we're so close to this and I want to just give a little bit of a foundation here. It's good to say thanks. In everything, give thanks. Express gratitude. Number two definition in the Webster's Dictionary is you're acknowledging someone responsible for something. So when you give thanks to God, you're holding Him responsible. When you say thank you, God, you're saying, God, I recognize you have ministered to us. You have done something for us that is worthy of acknowledgement. There's so much ingratitude in the world. One of the things I want to teach my kids, paramount to just about everything else, is maintain an attitude of gratitude. In everything, give thanks. Be thankful. I mean, I'll tell you, in our world we're in right now that's so ungrateful with such a sense of entitlement, I think if we just get after this area and walk in an attitude of thanks, it's going to freak some people out. I mean, just kindness is so absent in our world. This week I did a, an invocation at a civic meeting and one of the business sponsors of the meeting is up on the front. He was one of the presenters of the award. And he's been around. We've known each other for 15 or so years. And he said, one thing I've noticed in this recent economy, people are starting to recognize the value in others. They're coming back to each other. I said, really? When they, they got up to speak, there was a, the, one of the keynote speakers was a, a representative from St. Louis County, another one was St. Charles County, and they both exhorted people to care for their neighbor, to care for others. You guys, I'm thinking this may be revolutionary moment for us, that as the world has economy shaking and all kinds of upheaval, all kinds of things going on, and we've been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this, I'm convinced if we capture this spirit of thanksgiving, we might just make a bigger difference in the world we're in. Ephesians 5.4, it says, Therefore be imitators of God, number one, as beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you, and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. The way we express love for God is by staying pure and walking in holiness. There must be no filthiness or silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but look at this, but rather giving of thanks. So in substitution 
for immorality or for filthy talk or silly talk or coarse jesting. God is after a people that will be rejoicing, that will be thankful, that we're actually supposed to fill our mouths with praise and be people that show forth the excellencies of him who has called us out of darkness and into this marvelous light. So there's really not enough time for all the cynical, kind of the modern humor is so grating and so hurtful. God's actually telling us, listen, enter into a lifestyle of expressing thanks to God. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. You say, how can I be thankful for this situation? In everything, give thanks. I don't thank God for certain things that have happened in my life, but I thank God that in them, God is going to have something to say about it. There are promises corresponding to every problem we face. And God knows how to move in on a situation because he's good at being God. He's been God a long time. He's better at being God than all of us trying to be little gods and little lords. When we submit to Jesus and we invite him into our lives, it's because we acknowledge our need of him. And God made us to be dependent on him. And he wants for eternity for us to show forth his praises. Come on, man. Christian life's a good life when it's filled with thanks. It's pretty sour. The most miserable people in the world are Christians that don't give thanks. They're just baptized in vinegar and they're mean. Look like they've been sucking on lemons. That's not cool. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. The Bible says, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, verse 16, with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Look at verse 17. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks through him to God the Father. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. That'll be a, the governance of our lives. If every time we get ready to make a decision or take an action or make a statement or do some sort of decisional thing, can we do it in the name of Jesus? You just do that little test. And included in that, it says that we're to... Give thanks through him to God the Father. In everything, give thanks. Now, what I, I said it before, we quoted a lot in church life. We're to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And you know what? That adjusted my prayer life a few years ago. Because whenever I was entering into his gates, I was just petitioning and I was just complaining and I was just, I was going to God like little kids do with their parents. Mom, I need food. Change my diaper. Feed me. Behold me. You know, that's what kids do. But as you grow up, you know, you kind of start getting thankful. I found when I got a little past teenage, I started recognizing the sacrifices my parents made. I was with the pastor that ordained us back at the beginning. And I said, you know, I just realized you were 26 years old when you had to make, had to make some of these decisions. It didn't occur to me till I had gotten into those places of responsibility and they got a little farther that I was so thankful for the sacrifices and the hard calls they had to make. It seems like maturity kind of helps us, if we'll listen, to develop more of an attitude of gratitude. Now, hallelujah. Let's go to Luke chapter 17. This is the story I want to end up with. I laid the foundation in everything give thanks. 
We're to not have silly talk and coarse jesting, but rather giving of thanks. In fact, it says this is what's fitting for us. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. And now here's a story about people that were socially outcast, sick with leprosy, struggling people. Jesus comes into a village. Remember the three things Jesus did. He preached, he taught, and he healed. He brought the kingdom of God. He brought awareness of God's plan and purpose for people's lives. And while he was on his way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. Now, if you do a little study in the book of Leviticus, you'll see what Israel had to do when they contracted this disease and when they had an assurance that it was healed, they would go to the priest and the priest would sign on. Yeah, in fact, they are healed and they could re-enter society. So Jesus said, go and show the pri- yourselves to the priest. And as they were going, they were cleansed. So they got all excited. They had an encounter with this amazing Savior, Jesus, Healing impacted their lives. The Bible says that he he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. And now it says in verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. Now this is 10%, man. This is one out of 10. They're all cruising. They're excited. They've had this condition that has ostracized them from society. It's been embarrassing. It's been disfiguring. It's, it's dreadful. It's painful. There's all kinds of agony associated with it, rejection associated with it. So they're running to the priest all excited. But this one guy, and I love the wording in the language of verse 15. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? This echoes to me as being a defining heart thing from Jesus because he's still asking that question. Where are the praisers? Where are the thankful ones? Where are the people who understand what blessing has come into their lives and are willing to Go to his feet and acknowledge him. Because that's what God's designed us for, you guys. And we are at our best when we're at his feet. Our wording and our language and our thoughts and our lives are at their richest when we're in an attitude of praise and thanksgiving. Come on. We've got a lot to be thankful for in our country. I mean, we've got a lot to be thankful for in our personal lives. Patsy said to me today, she said, you're really not knowing what was wired up for me in this message tonight. She said, Let's count our blessings. So immediately we started taking turns counting blessings. Man, I have to be honest. There have been a lot of times in my life where I was very glass half empty. Where I took things personally. I would reiterate a story in a very negative, And it got real sour. So this is not necessarily automatic for everybody. But this is what we're invited to. I mean, a lot of us may think, oh, that's the one guy in personality profile that was very magnanimous and happy. That was the nice, optimistic one. 
All the other nine are like me. <laughs> no, I think what the, it occurred to this guy. Thank you. Thank you. Because remember, thankfulness, it's a, an expression of gratitude. Remember, we who were once not a people are now the people of God. We're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy people, and we're called to show forth His praises. Well, that means that at church, uh, a little while at the beginning of the service, we crank up the, the music and we sing praises. That's true. But in everything, give thanks. God's called us to be just constantly, thank you, Jesus, praise. And not like a bunch of church lingo. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, if that doesn't mean anything, that's just a bunch of, just like repetition. But when you mean, thank you, Jesus, God knows the difference. This guy, read verse 15 again. Read it, read it. It says, now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell at his feet, giving thanks to him. And Jesus says, hey, where are they? Where are the others? Weren't there nine? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. And he's made this statement. I feel like this is coming out strong. That in everything, give thanks. I got interviewed on a TV show after the flood hit. And the guy asked me, did you get mad at God? It ruined the whole rest of the show because I... I went, no, I was one of those interviewees where you, they, they asked and they said no. And from then on, I was like, yeah, no. I mean, I, I, I ran out of gas at that point. I'll tell you what, you guys. Life has a lot of disappointments, but whoever calls on the name of the Lord will not be disappointed. The disappointment doesn't emanate from him. He's good. And I mean, every one of us has dealt with a lot of issues. It's like, what? I mean, it, where it doesn't seem to reconcile. And yet... In everything, we're going to give thanks. Jesus is saying, where are the other nine? And I'm realizing, as Patsy and I were talking yesterday and today, it was like, wait a minute. I spent a lot of time upset about certain stuff. Now that God's brought the turnaround, I'd at least give equal time to praising Him and thanking Him for turning it around. But do we do this? No. Our culture is not wired for that. It's wired for self kind of gimme 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 and it's kind of wired for the sense of entitlement I want more feed me really what this verse really squares out is there's something about just turning back glorifying God and I like that with a loud voice because I tell you man there you got to raise your voice of praise to drown out all these loud voices of defeat I mean, man, you've you got to get the shout back in you. And it's not just so we'll be emotional and loud. It's, hey, sometimes you need to turn up the volume. God's not hard of hearing, but we sometimes are. And so we need to get over into a place of giving thanks and just praising Him. What I like is uh, when they ran around Jericho back in the Old Testament, they shouted before the walls came down. And so I want to show you this in 1 Timothy chapter 2. This is really interesting. This is a formulaic thing. I don't often like to put out formulas, but this really is a recipe for prayer. 
In 1 Timothy chapter 2, it says here, first of all, I urge you that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men for kings and all in authority so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life and all godliness and dignity. There is an amazing component in this quality of prayer life. In the ingredients of the prayer life, we must be saturated with thanksgiving. Thanking Him that He hears and answers prayer. Thanking Him for His promises. Thanking Him in advance for the breakthrough that we're anticipating. Thanking Him that things are going to turn out for good. Thankful for His grace even when we don't have everything figured out. Thankful for His mercy that triumphs over judgment. Thankful for His grace that is sufficient. Thankful, thankful, and everything give thanks. I, I learned from these verses to start out my prayer with thanks, put thanks in the middle, end with thanks. Not out of religious formality, but to give an acknowledgement and expression of gratitude. Thank you that you even hear and answer prayer. Thank you that your word is true. Thank you that you did send your son Jesus. Thank you that you are going to turn this thing around. Amen. He's so good. One last verse. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 and 6. Look what Paul says here. Paul, who got thrown in jail... Paul, who got beat up. Paul, who had crowds yelling at him. Paul, who was mistreated. Paul gets up and he says, writing from a jail in Rome, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. He says it once and then he has, he has to say it again. Again I say, rejoice. Because when you, the reader first reads it, Rejoice in the Lord always. You go, say what? And then he said, again, I say rejoice. Paul knew that when the reader was going to read that, they're going to say, what? So he said it again. So the sentence starts and ends with rejoice. And rejoice means you get your joy and you read it. And then in verse 6, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, Look, you guys, Jesus said something with this leper. This was not a parable. This was not allegorical. This was not a sort of object lesson. This was literal history that lepers saw Jesus and shouted to him because they couldn't get close to him because of their condition. He heard him and he said, man, go to the priest. You're covered. And they go running off to the priest. But one guy turns around. Falls at his feet and gives him thanks. I want to be that one guy that goes through life with a gratitude. That gives thanks well. That rejoices in the Lord always. And once a year we have Thanksgiving. Where we cook a ridiculous amount of food. We overdo it. We got to notch our belt out two notches. And then we all start jogging for one time in the week. <laughs> we buy nice shoes. We wear them. We, and we put them away till next year. But I think we need to commit and dedicate ourselves tonight to get over and be aware that in everything, we're going to be praisers that give thanks well. And we're going to be people that show forth His thanks and show forth His praise. And this might just be a bit foreign to you, but I expect that as we commit our hearts to this, because we see so much, I mean, I just scratched the surface. There are whole psalms that talk about giving thanks to the Lord. 
First Chronicles 16, David assigned and hired worshipers to give thanks to the Lord. For he is good, his mercy endures forever, it's singing praises to him. And you know, really, more than singing songs, we're not just called to be singers of songs, we're to be praisers of God and to give thanks. Remember, it expresses gratitude and it holds him responsible. I want to thank you, God, that you're faithful. I want to thank you, God, that you sent your son to die for sinners. I want to thank you, God, that fellowship can be restored where it's been broken tonight. I want to thank you, God, that you knew we would all be in here. This configuration. Our guests from First Baptist. People from out of town. Some of you going through the trauma of the loss of a loved one. Others that had come in and you just wanted to, maybe somebody coaxed you to come to church Friday night. God knew, and he in fact orders our steps. God knew we'd all be here together in this moment. And I want to thank God that he desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And I want to also thank him for the amazing truth that whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I also want to thank him that he grants repentance and that he knows how to deliver people. He knows how to deliver the godly from temptation. He knows how to restore your fellowship. If you have become a Christian and you've gotten away from God and your fellowship has been broken, I have good news for you and I'm thankful for it that he could restore your broken fellowship. That's the most precious gift you have is your fellowship with God. Tonight, these, these praisers help me connect with God. Those, those testimonies help me to connect with my God. They were celebrating how good God is. And also people that are here who have suffered loss coming and pressing in, that's a statement to me of people who are tenaciously not going to be denied. They're going to stand and they're going to praise God and that God's even near the brokenhearted and he's with us in times of hardship and trouble and he'll never leave us nor forsake us and he'll no wise cast us out. He said, I'm with you always and even to the ends of the earth. I like with this leper, I mean, I'm interested in meeting that guy in heaven because he's the guy that Jesus gave a shout out to. He's, hey, I'm that guy that fell at his feet, man. And the other nine guys will be going, well, whatever. <laughs> no, he's a God of faithfulness and mercy, and he's the God that's worthy, worthy of praise and thanks. Thanksgiving, man. Let's just lift our hearts toward heaven. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you the prodigal son returned to his father. And that father's heart got so rejoicing that he wanted to kill the fatted calf and put a robe on the kid celebrated, rejoicing. I want to thank you tonight, Father, for all the answers to prayer, for your faithfulness through the mysteries of life. I want to thank you, God, for who you are. I want to thank you, God, that your mercy endures forever, that you're faithful to a thousand generations, that you are ever-present help. God, I pray you move on these protracted deals. We invite you into our high times and into our hard times. And we're just grateful you're God. You got this whole thing figured out and you're way smarter than we could ever even fathom. Your lowest thought is higher than our highest thought. Your ways are higher than our ways, but we ask that you teach us your ways, Lord. We know one of your ways is that we come into fellowship with you and I ask God if there are people here whose fellowship has grown cold, people that have gotten away from that first love vibrancy with God, 
Maybe they've given their lives to the Lord in years past and they've drifted from that priority. I pray tonight God would be a turning point night. And I pray that, and I'm thankful to say, I know that you are with us. That even if we make our bed in hell, you're there. I'm thankful for the people that emotionally have flatlined, who've dealt with a lot of depression lately or anxiety, that you are near us in those times. Even when we don't feel it, even when we don't sense your presence, we know, according to the word of God, that you're with us in trouble. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and he delivered him out of all of his troubles. God, I just thank you that you're moving on people and giving them access moments to draw back in fellowship with you. Who in here and say with your eyes closed, you say, man, I want my fellowship to get better with God starting right now. Raise your hand. Me too. Well, I know he has something to say about restored fellowship. Just like the prodigal son, because he had free will, the dad let him go and blow his stuff. He went to, a, he, he journeyed to a far country. And that's really, what, that's really what being out of fellowship with God is, your journey to a far country. He was wallowing with the pigs and he was wasting his, his energy. You know, a prodigal son is not necessarily evil, he's wasteful. And that's what was so tragic, is he had access to all the abundance of the house and he went and squandered it in a wasteful way. What was beautiful about it is the wasteful son came back and got back on track in the kingdom. And tonight I just prophesy that God's bringing people back out of broken fellowship back into a revived fellowship. You say, well, that's eluded me. And I, I, it's not an emotion you work up. It's not some sort of performance that's based on church attendance or involvement. It's a thing you do where you repent and humble your heart and say, okay, God, I know that you love me and I accept your mercy. There are adjustments being made all over this room right now of a deep level. Any sincere Christian is going to want their fellowship to get richer and better. There's some of you that if you've gotten away and you like a, like you've, you've, you've been led astray, God is drawing you back into closeness with Him. Some of you, it's just, you're one of the ten lepers. You've had such abundance, but you got like I did where you just kind of just, just didn't have a thankful heart. I believe God can stir up a thankful heart back into our lives. How many of you want that to happen in your life right now? Father, I pray for a stirring of gratitude where we become the most thankful people that our generation, you said a generation yet to come would praise you. May we be those people, Lord. A people of praise. A people that have a thankful heart, a, grat a gratitude where we give and acknowledge you're the one that does these things. You're the, you're the one that is so faithful. Oh, Jesus. Father, I pray for those who have never given their lives to Jesus Christ that now they'd recognize today is a day of salvation and that whoever surrenders their life to you and acknowledges you as Lord turns from their sin that God your mercy will pour out and that there's not one person in here that your arm is too short toward that it, you can't save in the time of need and God I pray if there's somebody here tonight that needs to get their life right with the Lord that they'll just humble their heart and surrender to you. I pray you grant them repentance, a change. They'll want Jesus to be number one in their life. Jesus, the living, resurrected Son of God, who came to save the world from their sins, who came to set captives free. Lord Jesus, you came to 
pave the way to heaven and help us not to have to go to hell for eternity away from you. And I thank you for your mercy and your grace. You're here tonight and you say, man, I need Jesus. I'm unashamed. I know I want him to be my Lord and Savior. Whatever that takes, whatever that means, I want to surrender my life to him. If that's you right where you're standing, just acknowledge him. Just submit to him. Ask him to come into your heart right now. Ask him to change your life from the inside to a nature change, a new life on the inside, a spiritual rebirth. He loves you that much. He wants to save you from your sins. Right now, Father, I thank you for doing a great work. I thank you for stirring up in each one of us a gratitude, a thankful heart. Thank you that with you, all things are possible. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.